Welcome to the Benzo Free Podcast, your home for an honest, straightforward, and personal discussion about anti-anxiety drugs, their effects, and how to deal with dependence and withdrawal. Whether you have taken benzodiazepines, Z drugs, or any other tranquilizers, know someone who has, or you just want help dealing with chronic anxiety and insomnia, this is your podcast. I'm your host, D.E. Foster, author of the book, Benzo Free, The World of Anti-Anxiety Drugs and the Reality of Withdrawal. I'm so glad you joined us today. Please stick around and let me bend your ear for a few minutes. It just might feel a little better on the other side. This is Dee, and welcome to episode 23 of the Benzo Free Podcast. Well, it's, it's been an interesting three weeks around here. I feel like I, I feel like I haven't really talked with you for a while, and I'm, I'm sorry about that. Last two episodes of the podcast was the interview with Dr. Stephen Wright, and I've received some great feedback from you on that. Thank you so much for that. But during that time, as you might have noticed, there have been a few changes <laughs> for Benzo Free, and at the same time, some lessons learned. I, I don't need to repeat what I said in our blog post of June 12th, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, please check it out on the website. It's titled The New Direction at Benzo Free, but I still want to share a little of what was learned, so please bear with me for a second. You see, when I decided to publish the book and launch the website and podcast, I knew I'd be exposing myself to triggers, triggers of the real world. We've spoken about these in the past on this podcast, and this just comes with the territory. So when I learned a couple of weeks ago that some people thought benzo-free was, well, behaving, I guess, I guess the term might be unethically, based on the rapid increase of likes on our Facebook page, I was, for lack of a better term, emotionally stressed, <laughs> to put it mildly. I mean, I mean, I wanted to defend myself instantly. I really hate it when my ego takes over and reduces me to toxic thoughts like anger and, and hurt and that kind of stuff. But, but these are normal. These are normal human responses to this type of situation. And, and when you add on that cascade of emotional instability, so many of us experience in withdrawal and protracted withdrawal, like myself, it it makes for a situation which was rife for being mishandled. But I didn't. Because when I really looked into the issue and honestly looked at the likes on our page, I saw the basis for the suspicion. In fact, it was staring at me in the face all this time. I, I still can't believe I didn't really see it or really look into it before. I was just too busy and naive, honestly, to notice it. And, and that is my fault. I take full responsibility for that. A anyway, when I found out that the cause was Facebook's own advertising services, in, in, in the middle of all these emotions, there was this sense of relief. And that surprised me a bit. You know, when I would wake up each morning over the past few months, I had this perverted sense of FOMO. In, in the back of my brain, this, this fear that I was missing out on something, this, this fear that there was a comment or a post on another group site or a news article which I would miss and not share or 
or something going on that I was missing out on, on, on our blog or on somebody else's blog or on the news feeds I get or in the science and literature. I was trying to keep ahead of it. And it was a constant struggle and a constant race and a constant stressor in my life. I, I rarely ever post on my own Facebook page. But when it came to Benzo Free, something I've been building up for the last five years or so, I guess I became a lot more obsessive about that and paid a lot more attention to how it was doing. So I decided it was time to step away for a while. I took a week off and took my time to, you know, rationally think about my options. And once I decided that Facebook just wasn't the right place for us right now, everything felt right. The decision was easy for me. So last Friday, I took our Facebook page offline and I haven't looked back really. And that brings us to the, the topic I wanted to hit on in our introduction today. And that is our rational minds versus our emotional minds in withdrawal. This whole situation could have so easily turned south, so fast for me. During withdrawal, so many of us are overwhelmed by our emotional minds. Many of us had our emotions suppressed during benzo use. And when they came back, stand back because it can be one bitch of a tsunami of feelings. Those who haven't experienced it truly can't relate. Our emotional mind suppresses the rational mind's message. We feel threatened in some way, shape, or form by almost everything. And we react out of a sense of some misguided self-defense. Thus, we wind up creating enemies instead of friends. We treat others with suspicion rather than compassion. We, we judge rather than try to understand. And, and when the world around us is already so divided, it's a perfect storm for doing something stupid. Our world today is all about speed. Social media like Instagram and Twitter and even Facebook are all about quick responses often without taking the time to even realize what you are saying. We respond from our emotional minds and don't allow any time for our rational minds to kick in. And when you mix this technology with a benzo-addled brain, watch out, bad things happen. So, what can you do? Well, well, there's a lot you can do, actually. Thank God I learned enough maybe just enough during my withdrawal to, to work through each one of these over the last few weeks. The first thing to do when you have something facing you like criticism or somebody says something or something offensive happens to you or, you know, whatever it is that, that gets under your skin, the first thing to, to do is to notice, to stop and notice your reactions. In fact, over time, you can even try to anticipate them before they even start. And, and try to remember that what you are feeling is probably distorted. Your ego is directing the play now, and your ego is not very objective. So try to notice the feelings. Try to notice the self-talk. Try to notice what's happening in your mind. Second step is step away. This is always a good idea. One of the best lessons I learned from 25-some years in corporate America when something happens is to step away. When someone says something mean to me or sends me an email which gets 
you know, under my skin or, or does something which I feel is unfair, I walk away for a little while. Rarely do we regret holding our tongue during a heated moment. So often in hindsight, we realize that our feelings are maybe out of place or, or even excessive, and we can respond later once we've calmed down from a more rational state of mind. The third thing is to feel the feelings. Stepping away doesn't mean avoiding the feelings, and this is really important. Suppression of feelings is never the answer. We've talked about this before. Even if the feelings are uncomfortable, allow your body to feel them. They're just feelings, and they won't kill you. If you don't deal with them now, you will have to deal with them later. Trust me. And the fourth is get an objective opinion. Before you do respond to the triggering issue, talk with someone else. Hopefully someone objective to the situation. But someone you can trust. And someone who maybe is more calm. An objective point of view is an amazingly useful tool. It often helps us see the truth in the situation which our temporary emotions have blinded us to. Now, now, don't get me wrong in this long diatribe of an introduction, <laughs> sorry, but emotions are not bad, not at all. The return of emotions, sometimes intense emotions, is one of the things I've relished during my recovery from benzos. Our emotions are what make us human. Without them, we're just robots. Humans feel, and that's a wonderful thing, but when we react based solely on those emotions, solely on our ego's response, is when bad things happen. Allow time for your rational mind to have its say. I think that's enough for the intro. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, so along with dropping our Facebook page, I'm going to make a few changes to our format too. We will still open with the introduction as you just heard. Our mailbag isn't going anywhere and it will follow this. For our Benzo News, well, that's a different story. For, for some of the same reasons that we took our Facebook page offline, we're going to remove the Benzo News section for now from the podcast. There are some great organizations online which are providing that kind of content, and I'm not sure the podcast or this podcast is the place for that anymore. As for our Benzo Spotlight, it's also gone for now. Again, not sure of its permanent status, but, you know, we'll see. Our Benzo story, well, that's going to remain. That is, as long as I have stories to share. And we have another one for you today, so that's coming up. And of course, our feature will remain. And we will still close out with our moment of peace, but it might even be extended a little bit. Please, let me know what you think of these changes. You decide the direction of this podcast. That is true as much now as it was from the first day we launched this. I brought back the moment of peace because of listener requests. And that goes for all parts of the podcast. This is your podcast, and you definitely have a say in what it sounds like. And just in case you thought I forgot, yes, we need feedback. <laughs> Questions, comments, stories, suggestions, corrections, submissions, reductions, additions, subtractions, premonitions, volitions, frustrations, affirmations, expectations, rationalizations, reflections, innovations, and yes, since this is a benzo withdrawal podcast, substitutions, titrations, hospitalizations, dehydrations, reductions, and or taperizations. No, that's not a real word, but it sounds fun, so I'm keeping it in. Anyway, I need your feedback. This is your podcast, like I said before, and the more content I can share from you, the more benzo-free becomes this community it was designed to be. So please, Tell me what you think. 
visit our feedback form at benzofree.org feedback or email us at podcast at benzofree.org. And don't forget to sign up for our mailing list now more than ever since that has become our primary form of communication at benzofree.org slash subscribe. And please remember that the Benzofree podcast is for informational purposes only and should never be considered medical advice. If you're listening to this podcast on one of our providers, please leave feedback on that carrier. This truly helps new listeners find us. Now let's move on to our mailbag. When I posted about the removal of our Facebook page, I received a lot of feedback and, and thank you to everyone who has shared their opinions with me. Here are just a few of the comments. Some, some liked the decision, some didn't, but I loved all the feedback. The positive ones keep me motivated and make me smile. And the, the critical ones, they, they help me see where I might've made a wrong turn, or at least remind me to take a second look at a decision made. One thing I'm always amazed by is how kind and respectful everyone has been in their correspondence with me, even when being critical of what we do. Please, keep it coming, all of it. I really want to hear from you, and I appreciate it. Now, a few of you commented directly on Facebook, including Catherine from Canada, Catherine from the UK, Marsha, James. Um, I think that's it, but if there were others, I apologize. And I thank you all for your kind words and input. It really helped me to know that we're doing something good here, that you were concerned about these changes. And I, I really appreciated your feedback. I, I don't have time to read each one of them here on today's episode, but here's the first person to comment on our Facebook page. This one's from Catherine from Canada. Catherine says, I'm actually sorry to see you leave. There are many groups on Facebook for which shares from your site have brought awareness to others, as well as the articles have been used again for awareness Respect for your decision. I am certain it is done wisely knowing your site and work. I was able to find an article on Zopaclone quickly here when Google wouldn't take me to the website with my cell, even on data. Consequently, I was able to show an 85-year-old woman newly prescribed it that it wasn't a good drug. Thank you so much, Catherine. I really appreciate the comment, and I'm really happy that this has helped out over time. Several of you also commented either on the post itself or directly through our feedback form or via email. Let me share a couple of those with you. This comment is from Gwen in Beaufort, South Carolina. She says, I read the email from today. As a bright, internet-savvy, resource-finding woman who didn't do her research on clonopin when her mother's health was a priority, eight years later, I am in benzo recovery post a worthless doctor-supervised taper to 0.5 milligram and jump. Ha! I still don't know what hit me seven months later. Without Facebook at my crisis, I never, ever would have found you. I didn't know what was happening to me, let alone anyone else could have experienced the same thing. As bad as Facebook is, it made this horrible journey easier. Facebook is where horse people post new foals and gardeners post flowers, veggies, and new growth. Yes, it is full of trolls, to say the least, but I found you. Bought the book, too. Seven months out and barely functioning. I am horrified that I might not have found you. What if you educated the person creating those likes? Given the millions of benzos and SSRIs, Facebook might be your best education tool. Please reconsider. I know I don't have all the facts. But know you made this horrible injustice easier. And husband who is a PhD in pharmacology, believe me. 
you made a difference. Sincerely, Gwen. Oh, thank you, Gwen. I really appreciate your input. I really do. And, you know, it's input like this that helps me make future decisions. I'm not saying this decision of leaving Facebook is permanent. I never said that. But for now, this was the best decision that I could come up with at the time for everything that was going on. And so I do appreciate that you understand that. Um, and trust me, your input is valued and will definitely affect decisions as we keep moving forward. This comment is from a longtime friend, Beatrice, in Zurich, Switzerland. Beatrice shared her Benzo story back in episode 11. Please go check that one out. It's a great story to listen to. Beatrice writes, Dear D, congratulations to your decision closing the Facebook site. I was wondering how fast the likes grew up. Facebook is too dangerous for posting anything private and delicate as withdrawal. I am looking forward to listening to your very interesting podcast. The interview last week should be spread out to every family practitioner all over the world. My doctor in Switzerland confirmed the structure damage the benzos can leave in our brains. But time is healing. Best regards, Beatrice. And thank you, Beatrice. Just like your feedback and even your counsel over the past 12 months that we've been corresponding, um, I always appreciate your input. And thank you so much for this. And to everyone that wrote, um, including the ones I shared here and the ones I didn't get a chance to, just thank you so much for the input because it really does make a difference. And it really does help me figure out what's going to happen next. I I'm always willing to change things so that Benzo Free keeps growing and, and finding better ways to help those of you out there struggling with this, you know, beast of withdrawal. That's the ultimate goal. And if, you know, going back to social media at some point is the right answer for helping the most people and helping you properly, then we will reevaluate that. No nothing's permanent here. But for right now, this is the right decision. But thank you. Thank you so much for your feedback and thanks Thanks for caring enough to let me know what you think. And that closes our mailbag for today. Now, on to our Benzo story. Today, I have a story from Wendy in Canada. Wendy writes, Hello, D. A brief clip of my Benzo situation is on YouTube titled Benzos, A Cautionary Tale. I tried the Ashton Manual to taper off quite a few years of a Z drug for sleep, Ativan, and then Clonopin. By the fifth week on Dr. Ashton's schedule, I couldn't bear it anymore, and a local doctor sent me to detox. I was there nine days, shaking and crying, given phenobarbital to prevent seizures. I mentioned about rehab after that in the video. I'm very grateful I've had no pain during withdrawal, for maybe a couple of reasons. I've had a yoga practice for about 30 years. And as a massage therapist specializing in craniosacral therapy, I've learned how to invite my body to move spontaneously in any position. Early on when I explored this, I checked my pulse before and after the 15 minutes or so of this unwinding, and it went down by 12 beats per minute. I have a few physical symptoms, brief jelly legs, jitteriness, a feeling of wobbliness, but most are mental, the worst being agitation anxiety, and repetitious thoughts. It's clear that food sensitivities aggravate my withdrawal symptoms. I try to notice when my gut isn't relaxed and do belly breathing, hoping to enhance digestion. 
I really like your conversational style in the book. I'm an English major helping my 87-year-old partner write a book about his growing up in the rugged mountains of British Columbia. Many thanks for what you do and your manner of doing it. Oh, thank you so much, Wendy, for sharing your story. I'm, I'm so glad you had tools already in place which helped you in your recovery. I wish everybody else already had tools like you did to help you get through this. But as you said, those tools don't fix everything. And we still have to deal with the symptoms and we still have to deal with the anxiety and the, and the agitation and the thinking. I'm so glad that we've had a chance to correspond and I really hope things improve and keep improving. Thanks again, Wendy, for sharing. And I'll put a link to your YouTube video in our show notes so people can find it. And, of course, don't forget we still need stories, short ones, long ones, even if it's just a paragraph or two, I would love to share it here. Just go to our feedback form at bensofree.org feedback or email us at podcast at bensofree.org. And don't forget that you can also submit your story in your own voice. And instructions for that are on the feedback page. I've only had one of those so far, and I would love to share some more. And it's really simple to do. All you need is an iPhone or some mobile phone or even just any basic recording device that can record into a digital format. Send me the file, and we're good to go. It's that simple. Let's move on to our feature. Our feature topic today is Perpetual Motion Madness, Excitability Symptoms of Benzo Withdrawal. This is part seven of our continuing series on symptoms of withdrawal. The symptoms of excitability include achesisia, jumpiness, restlessness, and even restless legs. Achesisia. You know, this is one of the hardest ones for me to spell. When I was writing the book and continuously when working on the website and blog, uh, I would constantly misspell this word. Is, is it A-K-I or A-K-A or is it T-H-E or T-H-I or so many choices. I would, I would often have to Google it just to verify it because a lot of spell checks didn't even recognize the word. But, you know, I'm sure you're not tuned in to listen to me harp about spelling. You want to know more about the symptoms of excitability, where they come from, and what you can do about them. So today we're going to move back over to the psychological symptoms category and talk about excitability. We, we've already discussed anxiety, behavioral, and cognitive symptoms on this podcast, and excitability is the next one. Coming in the following weeks, we will also cover perception, sleeping, and social symptoms. And of course, don't forget the physical symptoms category too, which we'll return to next time when we hit on that side. But for today, excitability is the thing. Are you ready? Are you excited? Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Oh, bad, bad jokes aside, benzos are classified as minor tranquilizers. They provide an inhibitory effect. We all know that. Well, maybe we don't all know that. But if you don't know that, I'm telling you that now. So they effectively calm the body down when used. That's their primary effect. When we remove them from our system, or even when we build tolerance to the drugs, this calming effect goes away. Also, when we withdraw, the GABA receptors are left in a diminished capacity. They're down-regulated, and they can't receive the calming messages like they used to. Therefore, our bodies respond on the inside as if we've been attacked, even though we may appear calm and relaxed on the outside. This is an excitability symptom. The common forms of excitability and withdrawal include echesisia, jumpiness, and restlessness, including restless legs. But before we move on, let's look at the definition of akasisha. What is akasisha? First of all, 
there's the pronunciation. Not only do I misspell this, but it's easy to mispronounce too. I've been saying this word for several years now, and and when I decided to look it up today just to make sure I was pronouncing it right, I found out I was, but that is just one of many pronunciations like so many other words. It can be akathisia. You can also say akathisia. You can even say akathisia or akathisia. And there's a couple other ones I came across. But for now, I'm going to kind of stick with akathisia. That's the one I usually say, and I'm going to stick with those. Although, you might hear me occasionally use the hard A like akathisia. And if I do, I apologize. Let's look at a description from MedPro Disposal, a website. Now, who is MedPro Disposal? Well, it's a medical waste disposal company founded in 2009, but that's not really important now. It may not be an expected source for medical information, but this was probably the most comprehensive page I found on Ecosesia. Anyway, according to MedPro's website, Ecosesia is not well understood. Their definition is this. It's a tortuous condition where the sufferer feels an incredible irresistible restlessness. The feeling creates constant repetitive movements like pacing, rocking back and forth, or swaying. In fact, according to this article, the root of the word akathisia is not to sit. Quite appropriate, I would say. The cause of akathisia is usually either antipsychotic or antidepressant drugs. Yes, this condition is in itself a side effect of psych drugs, a condition called neuroleptic induced acute akathisia. In fact, first-generation antipsychotics saw this side effect in 50 to 80% of the patients. Other drugs like neuroleptic drugs, antidepressants like SSRIs, SNRIs, and tricyclics can also cause it. In fact, 20% of patients on antidepressants experience akathisia, and 30 to 40% of patients on neuroleptics, a newer type of antipsychotic, also experience this side effect. Another interesting cause is withdrawal from illegal drugs like opioids, cocaine, and barbiturates. There are certain diseases which also can cause akathisia, like Parkinson's, traumatic brain injury, and encephalitis. But when we look at benzos, we notice something. Benzos have often been prescribed to help antipsychotic drug patients manage the symptom of akathisia. <laughs> Crazy world, isn't this? Unfortunately, this all kind of fits together somehow. But see, benzos are used to treat anxiety. We know that. And when you withdraw, not only does the original anxiety return, but it's often much worse. In fact, even in those who've never had anxiety problems before, they still experience this rush of hard-to-handle anxious feelings. So that being said, it seems to make sense that since benzos are also used to treat akathisia and inner restlessness, that when they are removed, akathisia would be a symptom of withdrawal and may be worse than experienced in the first place if it was experienced at all before. Crazy, I know, but somehow logical, just the same. Simply put, akathisia is a disorder where the patient has a feeling of inner restlessness and the urgency to keep moving. Akathisia is like being on high doses of caffeine all the time. Even when you're trying to sleep, or for people like me, especially when you're trying to sleep. You just want to get up and do something, like run a marathon or even climb the stairs, anything to keep moving. Typical signs of akathisia include inability to stand still, pacing, rocking back and forth, or swaying, or continually crossing and uncrossing your legs. Less visible signs can include sense of extreme restlessness, irritability, agitation, anxiety, panic, tension, 
emotional unease, insomnia, intrusive thoughts, and impatience. The good news about ecclesia is that it almost always goes away. But like all symptoms of benzoyl withdrawal, it can take a while. Another downside of ecclesia is that it is often confused with tardive dyskinesia, a similar condition but with some minor differences. Ecclesia often affects the trunk and legs the most. That's usually where people feel this restlessness with ecclesia. Tardive dyskinesia more often affects the face and arms. Unfortunately, ecclesia can also be confused as a symptom of Parkinson's and some other similar diseases. And like everything else related to benzos, which have been around for over 50 years, none of this is new. Ecclesia from long-term benzo use has been documented for some time now. A study by H. Peterson and M. H. Later, a.k.a. Professor Malcolm Later, from 1981 titled Withdrawal from Long-Term Benzodiazepine Treatment showed some interesting results. According to the study, long-term normal-dose benzodiazepine treatment was discontinued in 16 patients who were suspected of being dependent on their medication. The withdrawal was gradual, placebo-controlled, and double-blind. In that study, all the patients withdrawn from benzos experienced withdrawal reactions. But of the 22 categories of symptoms tracked, only three were found in each and every patient. One was anxiety and tension, two was bodily symptoms of anxiety, and three was agitation and restlessness. Thus, the only non-anxiety category of symptoms found in each and every patient was agitation and restlessness, or Ecclesia. From my experience talking with so many of you, albeit anecdotally, this is a very common symptom of withdrawal. And unfortunately, it can be a disabling one too. You know, this was a big one for me. It, it's better now, but I still struggle with it. I, I get it mostly when I try to nap or in the evening when I'm trying to relax or watch TV. And damn be it, <laughs> sometimes when I talk about my experience with Benzo's my eyes water a little bit. And, you know, I could edit this out, but I'm not going to do that. It's not, it's, it's not right. This is, you guys share your personal feelings with me all the time. And I need to, I need to leave in the parts when I'm struggling too. Anyway, some, sometimes it's just a sense, uh, hang on. Sometimes it's just a sense of urgency to move. Sometimes it's, this internal vibration. And sometimes when I'm trying to sleep, it feels like this jackhammer inside of my bones. Maybe that sounds familiar to you. I can just lay there some nights, sometimes for hours and feel the energy pounding through me. And yes, it's better than it used to be, but it's still there. I can't count the number of times that I've had to get up and go do something, even though I desperately wanted to just sit and relax or even sleep. My go-to solution at home, honestly, has been practicing the drums during withdrawal. Thank God I did not have the sound sensitivity that so many of you have had. Otherwise, my drums would not have been a reasonable solution. I, I have a couple of drum kits in the basement that I'd play for an hour or so when I'd get my acacia, and, and I would usually feel better. I, I found that working through the energy often displaced it or eased it or, or made use of it, however you want to look at it. You know, if it's in the middle of the night and I don't want to wake Shanna, I might just walk up and down our steps to the basement. 
If it's nice outside and not too late, I go for a walk. I get up and I move. The fact that the ecstasia increases when I'm tired is the most frustrating part. And I'm sure it is for so many of you. Getting a good night's sleep is a true struggle in withdrawal. How do you nap or sleep at night if your body is still running a marathon inside of you? I I would frequently fall asleep and then jolt myself awake, and then I'd fall asleep again. You know, lather, rinse, repeat. (laughs) On the bright side, it is a symptom that my wife can see. I mentioned this in my book. This, This may seem like a little thing, but if you've been through withdrawal and you felt the doubt or disbelief of family and friends about the severity of your condition, having a visible symptom can be a wonderful thing. Unlike rashes or benzo belly, most of the symptoms of BWS are invisible to others. So when my wife tells me in the morning that I was jittery and jolting throughout the night, at least I have a witness. It's not a big win, but I'll take it. Restlessness and restless legs can also be part of ecstasia or a, a separate symptom entirely. As for restless leg syndrome, it shares similar symptoms to ecstasia, but it's a very different condition. Still, they can both be caused by the same cause, psychiatric drug use, including benzodiazepines. Jumpiness or reactive movements are also linked in common in withdrawal. Some of this may be tied to hypersensitivity and can be a reaction to various stimuli. But when we all have this energy running through us with ecstasia, we are jumpy. And this is a common side effect. Like most symptoms of benzo withdrawal, there is no real cure. It, it will go away in time. But until then, we have to find ways of managing it. One of the best management options I found was exercise. Your, your body wants to move. And so my opinion is, let it. Like many of us, I would sometimes need motivation to exercise regularly. This was the case before benzos, and during withdrawal, it was still a struggle. But it was different, because I I realize that some of you can't exercise during withdrawal for a number of factors, including locked-up muscles or chronic pain or confusion or even muscle tics or spasms or seizures. There are even a few who say exercise makes their symptoms worse, and for those it would be wise to avoid it during this time. You know what's best for your recovery. But for those who can, most say that exercise can be a big help. And for those of us dealing with the joys of ecstasia and restlessness, it solves several problems at once. It helps work out the energy rushing through our systems. It helps us be healthier overall, and it, and it even helps clear out our minds. I exercise as much as I could during withdrawal, reasonably speaking. I'm, I'm definitely not an athlete by any means. Like I said earlier, I struggle with the motivation to exercise almost every day. But when the ecstasia kicks in, the decision becomes a bit easier. I, I have to move. I just have to. So I might as well put that energy to good use. Unfortunately for me, as I said earlier, it often hit me when I was trying to rest or relax. And that just isn't the time you want to exercise. But I'd find ways to do it anyway. Unfortunately, we are not always in a position where we can exercise or work out these demons. Perhaps you're in a meeting or at school or on a plane or trying to watch a movie on a date. Not good places to stand up and start running in place. (laughs) The joys of benzo withdrawal. Another option for managing this is to look at what you eat. Many people in withdrawal can tie 
their symptoms of ecstasia with what they've eaten or drank. Caffeine can be a big factor. Sugar can be a big factor or a lot of carbs. So if you're getting that symptom a lot, try to maybe start journaling. Start to track what you're eating and start to track your symptoms. And start to try to figure out maybe what the cause is. See if there's a trigger. See if there's something that kicks you into this. For, for me, sometimes I think there was a food that was triggering it and I could kind of manage it a little bit. Other times, I have to admit, it just came on and I don't even know where it came from. But only you can figure that out for yourself. So test it. A little bit of trial and error never hurts. Find out if maybe diet can help you manage this a little better. If it even reduces it by 10 or 20%, that could be huge. But like all symptoms of benzo withdrawal, this one is manageable. I still have this. It still comes and goes with my waves, and I still deal with it. But it is milder. And I've learned to work around it. And so can you. That wraps up our feature. Let's move on. And let's touch for 30 seconds on our disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered medical advice in any way. The host of this podcast is not a medical professional, nor is he engaged in rendering medical, health, or psychological advice, nor any other kind of personal professional services. The views and opinions expressed by our listeners and interview guests on this podcast, whether read from textual submissions or presented in their own voice, do not necessarily reflect those of the Benzofree podcast or of its host. Withdrawal tapering or any other change in dosage of benzodiazepines, non-benzodiazepines, or any other prescription drugs should only be done under the direct supervision of a licensed physician. Our full disclaimer can be viewed on our website at benzofree.org slash disclaimer. Now, before we ease into our moment of peace, I want to share a very short story to provide a bit of background on our mantra. Feel free to relax and start to get into the mindset for meditation as you listen. This is a story which has several possible origins. Some claim it was a fable written by Persian Sufi poets. Others say it origin was Jewish folklore and is a story of King Solomon, although it's not recorded in the Bible. It doesn't really matter the origin. It is attributed to many sources because its message is so universal. Although the story varies based on its perceived origin, the core message is the same. The story goes something like this. Once there was a king. This king heard about a ring, which when looked at, would make a happy man sad and a sad man happy. He asked his advisors to find this ring. When they returned, they handed a gold ring to the king. The king looked upon it, saw the inscription, and realized they had succeeded. Inscribed on the ring were four simple words. This too shall pass. If you feel good, at some point that good feeling will end. If you feel bad, at some point that bad feeling will end. Life is about equanimity. It's the inherent ebb and flow of fortune and failure. And trying to stop it is like trying to hold back the tide. And that brings us to our closing. Our moment of peace. It's just a few minutes and it's an opportunity to quiet your mind a bit before you return to the chaos of the real world. The way this works is that I will give you a brief introduction, perhaps a suggestion of something to focus on. 
Then I'll play a soft bell which will indicate the start. This will be followed by another soft bell which will indicate the end. And that will be the end of the episode. Feel free to continue to meditate if you choose. If not, continue on with your day. Please remember to only do this exercise if you are in a safe place. If you are in a place that is not safe to close your eyes and meditate, then please wait and do this later. Today I ask you to find a quiet place. Perhaps it's a remote spot of your house or a storeroom at work or even just sitting in your car in the middle of a parking garage. It doesn't matter where. Just find a place where you can spend some time and completely let the world go by without you for a while. So let's get started. Close your eyes and relax. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second and let it out slowly. Let's do that again. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second. Let it out slowly along with all the stress of the day. One more time. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second. Then let the breath out slowly, relaxing your entire body. Now just breathe slowly and naturally. And focus on your mantra, this too shall pass. Our next episode is episode 24, and it will be released next Wednesday. Thank you again for joining me today, and please, let me know how we did. Keep calm, taper slowly, and take care of yourself. I'll see you next time.